It's news to us the week of November 30th, 2020. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's Eddie here. We got Katie and Katie and Jason are there. Somebody say something for crying out loud. Hi. Uh, hi. This is Katie and Jason. Chris is here too. Hey, hey. Yeah. Yes. Hello, everybody. So um, we're going to talk about the uh, the transition or the non-transition, the uh, Donald Trump tantrum transition as uh, Joe Biden enters the White House. He's entering inside of it. <laughs> He's going to enter it, which sounds really dirty. Um, and then we're going to talk to this uh, really cool 17-year-old kid. His name is Edward Aguilera, and he is the chief executive officer for Students, uh, students for Tomorrow, which is uh, getting high school students registered to vote in Georgia leading up to the runoff election. Really cool. Um, so far, his organization has gotten hundreds, not hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of people registered to vote. Maybe it'll be, you know, hundreds of thousands by the time he's done. But uh, it should be pretty cool to talk to him. And more, it is news to us. Here we go. It's news to us. It's news to us. Adobe Radio. Sorry, there's just too many hosts now, so nobody gets their name in the intro. No more. Motherfucker. No more. Damn it. No more. <laughs> Bullshit. Chris, you ruined it. <laughs> I worked my ass off for that. Put my foot down. What, are we going to have a laundry list? Giant-ass laundry list at the beginning of every show? We can't have that. Uh that's how they do it on 60 Minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe wait, we should wait, have wait, a clock ticking. We should ticking. totally do it like yeah, that. 60 Minutes style. We should. One of those. I'm Anderson Cooper. I'm Katie Scheuermann. <laughs> I know, right? It, but we need like that clock ticking sound effect is the only thing. Uh, we could have a different sound effect. I, I like the 60 Minutes clock. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, Maybe no. a digital clock since we're <laughs> hip and with it. Yes, that's perfect. Now, can you get a digital clock, that, like a flipping clock or something? I'm Anderson Cooper. <laughs> I'm Leslie Stahl. Hey, don't don't you talk shit about Miss Stahl. I will not. I will not. She's a badass. Well, Jason um, would like to take her in the stall. Ooh. Whoa. 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 Ooh. Oh, I'm present. Damn, <laughs> <Hey>, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. He's a little uh, salty today. Before this gets too crazy, we better ask Katie what's going on in social media. Um. Well, we had a pretty interesting uh, poll this week. We did. We did. What's your favorite holiday pie? Oh, well, look at you. You're like yeah. Martha Stewart asking that question. <laughs> and then uh, this Martin week we can we can share Stewart. quiche recipes. Well, this is the intriguing thing is we came out with a two way tie between rigged four pies. Rigged, yeah. So the choices were pumpkin, cherry, apple, or pecan, and we had a two way tie for first place between pumpkin and apple. Riveting. Thirty percent of our poll. Well, uh, and it was people. also a, I'm seeing here, it's also a second place tie as well. Cherry and pecan both got 20%. What are the odds of this? I know exactly. That's what I was thinking. That's pretty crazy. Well, what a riveting poll that is. Follow us news to us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to tell us your favorite pie. What kind of the election? 
<laughs> this 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 poll. I want to recount. Stop the rigged. This bullshit. Pumpkin hands down. Come on. Uh, we also on social media got into the diaper dawn fun. Hashtag diaper dawn was trending because it's rumored that Donald Trump wears diapers. And that was this a popular uh, one. Oh yeah, and this actually pissed off Donald Trump, and he started uh, talking about how he wanted to take away some of uh, Twitter's rights and wanted to change the law that way uh this would uh, never happen again i thought sounds like somebody be... needs a diaper change <laughs> yeah i thought you were gonna say he pooped himself well the the reason why this whole diaper dawn thing this is uh actually a um well it's it's a very strong rumor when i say a very strong rumor this, this started with the apprentice people on set at the apprentice said that uh, donald trump was wearing adult diapers and the reason why is because he's taken so many drugs and he has such a bad diet that he's constantly evacuating himself i retweeted a video that explained all of that let's play it this is actually uh, a comedian that was on the apprentice his name is noel castler here he is talking about his experience with diaper don the diapers is not a joke it depends you know diaper don is trending but it's based in reality he would often soil himself on the apprentice set. He's incontinent from all the speed, all the Adderall he does, the cocaine that he's done for decades. You know, all that stuff has a laxative and it has an effect on your on your bowels. And his are uncontrollable. He's worn diapers since probably the 90s. But I saw it firsthand in the 2000s on Celebrity Apprentice in late 2000s. And we'd have to uh, stop the show and and change him, you know, and that was Keith Schiller's job. He would take him off set. He would wipe him down. Our nickname for Keith wipes. It's not a joke. Do you, wait, wait, wait. Several times. Yeah. Wait, wait. And, okay, um, yeah, 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 there, yeah. Yeah. So do you think, like, he, like, they take him to a room and they, like, lay him down on a, <laughs> like a, yeah, a well, sheet or something okay. and, like, lift his legs up like a baby and, oh like, wipe God. his ass? I know. No, why I why is it somebody's job? more like it's so fucking explosive that it's, like, up his back and they're, like, He's got a blowout. <laughs> yeah. They got to break out the fire hose. Yeah. Diaper Don, he's got, he's got a blowout. <laughs> yeah, it's a talcum uh, powder bottle full of Coke. One for my butt, one for my nose. <laughs> one for Actually, my butt, one for my nose. <laughs> if you uh, take it anally, it uh, hits the system faster so. while he's in office Maybe you've seen that's what's going on. i'll take your word for it back to the video here so i he was in the oval office jason gone and you could clearly hear him sort of evacuating himself all right so this is an important part of the video so he he, he says that they're uh, during a meeting with uh here i'll just rewind it here hold on there you go um you've seen it happen while he's in office you've seen he was in the oval office with erdogan and you could clearly hear him sort of evacuating himself. He did it in front of Senator Feinstein, uh, Diane Feinstein at a, uh, at a press conference. So I did go and watch these videos. The, the audio wasn't great. Otherwise I was going to pull it. And yes, uh, during both these videos, you do hear a fart and then Trump's face looked like, you know, like when a kid goes in the corner, <laughs> and then, then the, the, both, both times the people around him, they get this weird look on their faces. Like Feinstein, like looked at like, just kind of a shocked, like, did he just shit himself? Sort of a look. Does he like, does he like straighten up a little bit and look around? Yeah, he does. He's like, he's like, ah, oh, shit. Ooh. 
and there's actually another video that this guy didn't mention where uh, Trump was having this big press conference to sign an executive order. And he, he appeared to shit himself during that standing next to Mike Pence. And then he just walked out of the room without actually signing the executive order in front of all the reporters. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag <good>. diaper done. <laughs> Hashtag oh shit. <laughs> but uh, that was that's fun, and that's still trending on Twitter. But on you know yes, you know what's crazy is if it's any if it was any other old person. Like we would probably have like some sympathy, like we, oh poor guy, no sympathy, fuck but for, that. But for this guy, yeah, you know, I right. hope he shits his pants every day till the day he dies, so bad that he has the worst burning butt rash. Oh, his Whoa. his his butt must <laughs> always be rashed and gross. <laughs> yeah, may his ass always be rashed. Maybe Damn. this is the real reason why Melania won't sleep with him because we know that she's a piece of shit. So it's not because she thinks that he's a piece of shit. Or maybe, I don't know. They're both pieces of shits. But yeah. how, how could he? she be attracted to a guy that is constantly uh, soiling himself? Yeah. What do you think his Secret Service code name is? Baby Boom Boom? Sir Poops a lot. <laughs> An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. Let's talk about the transition. Yes, uh, Donald Trump was uh, blocking the... We talked about this a little bit, what is it, a week or two ago, how the Trump administration hasn't uh, been fully cooperating with the Biden transition team, but now it appears everything is underway. Everything <laughs> is underway, finally. Some everything's lost, fine. Everything's fine. I, of course. I think the count today on their lawsuits was like 40 and 1. Yeah, they, they, they continued... One. <laughs> There. <laughs> yeah, they continue to try to overturn the election, but it's it's not working out. It's uh, in fact, in uh, one state was it Wisconsin now or was it, it was Michigan or something? Was it Wisconsin? I don't know. One of those, one of the two. Uh, Donald Trump paid three million dollars to actually get Joe Biden more votes. Did you guys see that one? Uh, yeah, that was in yeah that was yeah Wisconsin. that was Wisconsin Wisconsin yeah yeah prep. But now the the transition is is underway. So this is. Um, you know, finally, even though Trump has not conceded yet and he is refusing to acknowledge that he lost publicly. No, I, does anyone expect him to? No. At this point, no. Well, but, and yes. once they did the recount, it only changed by, you know, like hundreds of votes. votes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In Joe Biden's favor. Right. And uh, Biden does say that the White House is cooperating fully with his transition, but Trump won't now, speak to him. Trump won't speak to him. What a little bitch. You know, when Trump, Trump won re-election back in 2016, our one election, uh, he was in the White House like two days later. And the, yeah. Yeah. The Obamas were so graceful about it. Like, they were so welcoming and after so the birtherism thing and all the racism nice. and all that. Yeah, after everything Trump had done to Obama, they were so good about it. Yeah, it's uh, uh, safe to say Trump is transphobic. <laughs> well, we knew that already. Um, but you, know, with the way he doesn't uh, or didn't want trans people to serve in the military. But uh, but yeah, so so Biden is um, well on his way into the White House, even though Trump isn't speaking with him. And, and that's probably for the best, because 
I, I don't know. I, I, Biden should actually stay away from Trump uh, and his entire team in person. I feel like because of the the you know it's like ground zero for COVID. So he should probably yeah he should probably like stay far away. They should, they're going to need to like go through everything and sanitize the shit out of it before Biden yeah. goes in. Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, Biden has been announcing some. Uh, some actually some key positions, which has been pretty cool. What what is this, Katie? He announced uh, an all female senior White House communications team. That's really cool. He did, and uh, let me get to where their names are here. Yeah, um, Jen uh, Pasaki, Saki, something yeah, like that. As got a, press secretary, she's got a crazy name. Yeah, a lot of them worked on the campaign. Okay, so well, it's cool that he's putting a lot of females in uh, in charge. Like, it's good that we're putting people in positions that have have dealt with something like this before um, to lead us through, you know, this next crisis that we're all facing. But the shitty thing is, it all it all falls on Moscow Mitch's back. He can, as of right now, at least, unless Georgia runoffs go in the the Democrats favor. He hasn't been passing or wanting to pass any sort of stimulus package. So still we're at that guy's fucking mercy. So the communications team though, this is a pretty freaking novel idea he has here because I'm sorry, but females, I feel like are the best communicators. (laughs) What? Yeah. I mean, we opened this show talking about Trump shitting himself come on we do a great job here we would be an excellent communication or anything but just Biden out there Biden just hired them because their hair smells nice yeah I would like I would like to point out that uh you know with Chris coming on uh uh full time here we haven't talked about poop so much and now he comes back I know we talked about is poop I didn't bring it up I, I have I never don't know, man. I'm just gonna fault, blame okay. you. You're like um, sure. poop discussion laxative, Chris. You're a magnet for shit. You get it running out of all of our mouths. You. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. I'm sorry. Hard, Eddie. <laughs> Back to females being better communicators. Yeah. Back to this high level conversation we're having about uh, oh, what happened to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he has he named Kate Bedingfield, who served as his deputy campaign manager and communications director for the campaign as White House communications director. And Kate Bedingfield just rocked it on his campaign. She did awesome. Let's be honest here. Like the more women in the uh, federal government, I think the better for all of us. I agree. I know, but I so. we'll have uh, women are just way too emotional for the job. We need somebody like Trump what? who can hold it together. Oh. I think. What are you talking Dude, about? Dude, and they like to do things like get married and have kids. Oh my God. How dare uh, they? What are they affecting their careers? Biden's planning on appointing Kate Beckinsale as chief vampire hunter. Oh. Mm. Uh, Doesn't that go I to me? What jo- you contribute to this, Chris? I just yes. love it. Yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know what else uh, I really love is HelloFresh while we're, while we're talking about food right now. How's that segue? That's, yeah, <laughs> Excellent. Well done. <laughs> it was delicious, Eddie. 
<laughs> Hello, Eddie's not transphobic at all. He's great at transitions. Absolutely. You know. <laughs> Um, uh, HelloFresh saves you time. It saves you money. It saves you stress. It's delicious. It's nutritious, sustainable. And HelloFresh is what you need, especially during this uh, second sort of lockdown we are experiencing and going through. It's going to get possibly worse. So don't go to the grocery store. Have your groceries and meals delivered to you every single week. I just got a HelloFresh box today. Weekly ones come in right before the show. Three delicious recipes are going to be really good. And uh, you can actually save 40% with HelloFresh versus shopping at the grocery store. So you're saving a lot of money, and the, the ingredients are fresh, high quality. And guess what? We're going to save you some money right now. Go to HelloFresh.com slash News90. That's HelloFresh.com slash News90. And use code news to us 90 and get $90 off, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash News90. If you use a different uh, meal service, I will tell you, we're not allowed to... Call out any competitors by the name, but I've tried them all, and HelloFresh is the best. I second that. And four. Yes. Um, all right. Well, the, the the transition is moving along, finally. Uh, let's talk about the Georgia runoffs just a little bit before we get our guest on, and he's playing a big role in the Georgia uh, runoff election coming up here in January. We'll uh, explain in just a second here. The Dirty Deeds. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. It seems like the Republicans are shooting themselves in the foot with this Georgia runoff. Well, um, they keep fighting over the state's November election and casting doubt on its voting systems without evidence. Right. With all these lawsuits, they're saying that voting is not fair. And then after they say that, they're inviting their uh, their constituents to come out and vote. So it doesn't make any sense. It's mixed messaging. Yeah, and some Republican, like the state Republican officials are saying that there's no election fraud and that everything's safe. And then, well, some of them are, but like a chicken man that's running for election. Purdue. Yeah. And uh, Kelly Loeffler. Both of which are under investigation for... uh... You know, selling off, st- yeah, selling off stock uh, when they were briefed on the coronavirus yeah. <laughs> a year ago. Yeah. How's, how has there been no consequences for that for these two? I mean, they, because Kelly Loeffler's husband like manages some he, shit on. He's the, the he's like the CEO of the stock market, or yeah, of the NYSE. So he oh like I forgot paid about that people off, yeah. It's unbelievable. But so like everybody, even Georgia state election officials are saying the Republican ones are saying that Georgia elections were not rigged. Everything was fine. Everything went well. And then they have these two candidates running and then the whole Trump team screaming fraud, fraud. Yeah. That's a great way to encourage your voter base to go back. Something running out of his face. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then um yeah so then uh yeah they're they're trump, trump supporters are are considering boycotting this this runoff election uh yes, as, as a protest because they think it's uh fraudulent and by all means uh guys don't do it don't please don't boycott this trump supporters please please no <laughs> No. I'm here for it. <laughs> Stand your ground. Stand your ground. No, well, actually, no, maybe you have a point. It's corrupt. Stay home. Yeah. Stay Don't home. Vote. Don't do it. 
Um, but yeah, there, there does need to be a big turnout. And, you know, after this, uh, this is so important, this Georgia runoff, because this determines control of the Senate. And if Democrats get these seats, then we don't have to worry about Moscow Mitch steamrolling over everything and just refusing to vote on things that come up like the stimulus, uh, global warming. If, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell remains in the Senate, then uh, we're, Democrats are going to have a very hard time getting anything done. It'll be like Obama's years. I know. And I think what's so frustrating is, is that he doesn't even have to steamroll stuff. Like he just doesn't even look at it. You know, like he doesn't even have to I try to it's yeah. just all in his power to just do nothing about it, and that's okay. But uh, good, in, yes. What world is that okay? Like it just doesn't make any sense. No, it's not. It's not okay. The guy's a complete sociopath. Yeah, he really, truly is Mitch McConnell. Like the guy is insane. In how, how can you do the things that he does and go to sleep at night? He's refusing to pass a stimulus package for COVID relief. Well, literally, there are uh, food bank lines that go on for miles in some cities. Yeah, but it's not affecting him. And, you know, he's raking in millions from special interest groups. Like, between him and his wife, Elaine Chow, like, they're sitting pretty high. You know, like, they're What's his net they're worth? Good. His net worth is, like, what, $50 million or something crazy? Yeah. <clears throat> for a public servant, yeah, like. They're fucking millionaires. Like they don't care about us. I mean, and he's just like set the Chow family up for generations to come. Like they'll never have to worry about anything ever again. So, I mean, he. Oh, yeah. yeah he doesn't care. I'm like, sorry, he, I was wrong. His net worth is only thirty million. Sorry, just wanted to say. We, oh. we 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 talked about you know uh, in a previous show his ties and his wife's ties to Russia and Russian oligarchs like <clears throat> spending money in his state. This guy can't uh, have so much power. Like like he he envies the oligarchs. He wants to be an American oligarch. And he is really. He is. Yeah. yeah I mean he, you know he, you can argue that he is now. Yeah. Well we have Maybe. to hit a break here in just a second but uh, there is good news because there is a 17 year old kid in Georgia that's trying to get uh, young kids who are just turning 18 registered to vote, and he has an organization and uh, called Students for Tomorrow, and uh, Edward Aguilera is going to be joining us here, in, or Aguilar, sorry, uh, is going to be joining us here in just a moment on its news to us. Uh, he's been making news everywhere, but this is the interview that really matters. Going to put him on the map. What other show talks about Donald Trump defecating himself and then talks about a, a Biden transition? IW Radio, it's news to us. We're back. About 23,000 Georgia teens who were not eligible to vote in the general election on November 3rd are going to turn 18 and become eligible in time to participate in the runoff elections on January 5th. And our guest, 17-year-old Edward Aguilera, is or Aguilar, sorry, it's uh, spelled here twice, is uh, the chief executive officer of Students for Tomorrow, founded by four high school students, including himself, and uh, working to get students registered to vote for Georgia's important runoffs that we were just talking about. Hey, welcome to the show, Edward. Hey, thank you for having me. As we were just saying, yeah, we share the same name, which is cool, I guess. How do you, uh, how do you like your name? Does that work out for you? 
Um, you know what? I've been um, a lot more of a fan of it as I started to learn more and more about the history. There's been a couple of really awesome guys named Edward. And, you know, maybe if we do a good enough job, I could be added to that list. Ah, yes. I think you're well on your way. Like, who are you? Uh, who are these people in history? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> a friend of mine sent me um, uh, a pretty quick Wikipedia article a while back. I knew there was a, a couple of uh, kings at some uh, some point, some princes and yes, whatnot. Yes. Um, hey, there's a pretty cool philanthropist. There's so the, great, uh, the great uh, Edward Norton. We got him. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was the kid uh, from uh, Terminator 2? Edward Furlong. Uh, Edward Furlong, yeah. Got him too. He became a druggie though, and kind of like faded out. Don't want to be like him, but no, definitely not. No, definitely. Somebody not. should send a sidebar back from the future to save him. <laughs> I think so. That would that would be appropriate. That'd be appropriate. Well, before we talk about what you're doing, which is really, really, really cool, um, we do like to get to know our guests a little bit on a personal level. Uh, so let's ask you just a few personal questions. How many times have you won Call of Duty Warzone? How many times have I won Call of Duty Warzone? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I stopped playing after Black Ops 3 when I was <laughs> when I was younger. But uh, Yeah, you're too old I for this. Know, is that one of the you're, you're just you're, you're just way too mature for this game, I can tell. Uh, Jason and I play it all the time. <laughs> no, God, no. I, I'm trying to get more time to play some more COD. I, I miss it, to be honest with you. You've got so many important things going on. You don't have time for Call of Duty. I feel like a loser. Right? Don't follow our path. He's doing things. Well, that was the correct answer, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, who would win in a fight, Batman or Aquaman? Depends where it's held. <laughs> if Good it's point. on land, I think we both know who would win. But if I mean, if it's in the water, then you know you got to give it to Aquaman. I don't know. Chris is a big Batman fan. Maybe he has some. Uh, perspective on this i don't know i think uh, edward makes a pretty strong argument i mean yeah. but doesn't batman Wait, have batman underwater vehicles <laughs> really real quick batman's just a man right he's just oh. a guy aquaman is the, like king of the ocean like come on batman's a bat too no he's not he's a dude he's like a regular dude who like has a lot of money aquaman like he's can control batman. fish he's Batman. Batman's greatest weapon matter. is his mind. His money. His money. Chris, <laughs> you failed to realize that story. Oh, boy. See, we, we get off. The debate could go on with that one. Uh, <laughs> lastly, before we talk about what's going on with uh, Students for Tomorrow, uh, what's your uh, current favorite song? My current favorite song? Oh, gosh. Um, you know what? Hold on. Uh, I've got it right here. I've Open up Spotify. Let me, yeah, no, no, I've got to pull up the, the Spotify. I've got it right here. Okay, okay. It's uh, The Truth by Handsome Boy Modeling School. It's got this amazing vibe to it. It feels like, you know, you're, you're in the 60s and in New York City. It's, it's a beautiful song. Okay, that sounds really cool. Here it is, actually. I just pulled it up. I'm digging yeah. it. <laughs> I like it. I like it, too. This is pretty old school. So far, at least. Oh, this year, towards the end, they've got a fantastic rap, for, uh, rap verse at the end of it. It's really oh, okay. Good. That's really cool. Is this what a lot of people uh, your age are listening to? Handsome Boy Modeling School? I've never heard of them. I'm going to follow them on Instagram right now. <laughs> no. Um, actually, no. Funny enough, it was uh, it was recommended to me by, by an older friend of mine. But uh, no, I've been trying to put all my buddies on it, though. So. 
I thought, uh, do you ever listen to classic rock like uh, Weezer? Oh, God. Oh, God. I've got to. I've got to. I've got at least three people have been trying to send me Weezer playlists. Oh, you should. That's not classic rock. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's cool is when you're in high school, uh, Weezer's been around for so long that there's like this whole uh, thing about Weezer where uh, every couple of years they come out with like this album that uh, uh, high school kids identify with. Maybe you're in the lull period, though. Which would be kind of weird, I guess. Maybe that's what's happening. I don't know, but you Is should check out Weezer. Is that new album last, like last spring? <clears throat> yeah, you should check them out. But anyways, let's talk about Students for Tomorrow. That's the important thing here. Let's stop wasting your time with this nonsense. Um, <laughs> no, this is fun. So you put together... <laughs> okay, screw it. Let's not talk about anything else. No, just kidding. Uh, Students for Tomorrow is really important. We are talking about the Georgia runoff coming up here in January and how important it is because we... Uh, Sorry, we're a bit biased here. We can't have Mitch McConnell uh, controlling the Senate because he doesn't let anything happen. But I know that your group is put together with uh, a whole bunch of people on both sides of the aisle. So uh, yeah. you have Trump supporters, two Trump supporters and two Biden supporters, right? Yes, as our, as our co-founders. But we've got a lot more people split along the aisle if you go, to our, if you go towards our volunteers. Yeah. But you guys are just trying to get uh, students registered to vote. That's the whole thing, and that's really cool. So if you don't mind me asking, which side of the aisle are you on? Uh, you know what? I've been, you know, I'm in a process in my life where I'm trying to learn as much as I can about both sides. I feel personally I might lean a little bit more uh, rather Democrat today. Um, but, you know, maybe I learned something new that brings me to the other side tomorrow. And I think that that kind of like open mindedness is uh, something that I try to hold and also something we're trying to do through the organization. That's really cool. That's really cool. And I, I, you know, I think, um, yes, I, I sort of remember thinking that same way too, but then I, maybe the older I got, the more jaded I've gotten and the, the less I feel like I can trust Republicans, but it's, it's pretty cool that you're still open-minded. Influence him. I'm not trying to influence you, but Republicans suck. Okay. So knock we it are, off. We are very jaded. No, I, like I started off the same way though, too. I started out the same way. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have an open mind, though. You're figuring out, you know, uh, different. uh, You're looking. It's good to go off to college and you like take courses at college, and because you're going to hear a lot of different opinions when you go to college. Like it's, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, But you're students for tomorrow. You guys have helped sixty-five thousand students register to vote uh, for the general election. Is that all in Georgia? No, it's uh, across the across the country, actually. How many do you estimate were in Georgia of that sixty-five thousand? Well, uh, funny enough, we don't actually have to. That's me. We do have the numbers on that, but uh, it's roughly fourteen thousand people registered to vote here within Georgia, and about four thousand people from out of state registered within Georgia. And to kind cool. of explain what that means, uh, this platform we built, you would put in your university address, you put in your home address. And then we would look at those two things, and based on the Electoral College, we'll show you which place will give more weight to your vote. So if you're in California but grew up in New Hampshire as an out-of-state college student, you can now vote in New Hampshire, and that will literally make your vote worth uh, hundreds of times um, more if you measure uh, success or or rather importance by the likelihood that you are to flip the vote. So we we had about 4,000 people from other states registered to vote within Georgia that weren't currently living in Georgia, um, but have residence here, uh, residency here through a, 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 as being an out-of-state college student. That's, That's a really good idea. 
That's yeah. a very smart metric. I like that. Good That's thinking. So did cool. you guys come up with that or did you get that idea from a different organization? Uh, I mean, I, the electoral college, um, it's kind of there, but, um, you well, like, yeah, the, I mean like as far as, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, uh, letting people decide where to register to vote based on their impact, was that something that you guys oh, came up with? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's more the ramen and coffee's fault than my own, but, uh, we stumbled across it one night and, you know, it was super interesting to us that we ended up building a platform around it. But, um, as far as I know, it's, it's an original idea. You need to take that one to the bank. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that one could be used on a much bigger scale. Not not that what you're doing is not big by any means. What you guys have done is massive, but I mean like on a, on a national scale, um, I mean, but you're, you are trying to get the, the, the word out on a national scale. I keep thinking that this is more of a Georgia thing, but it's really not because you guys have gotten so many people to, uh, get registered to vote. And with the upcoming runoffs, now your goal is to reach all those people who just turned 18, right? And uh, get them to register to vote. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, how many people are going to be turning 23,000, uh, people are going to be turning 18 just in time for the Georgia runoffs. How are you reaching these people? I mean, to be honest with you, it's kind of nuts and, it, and it's very, 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 um, it's, it's a new and untraversed path. Because if you think about how political advertising was done before today, um, the youngest area that people would start would be college students, right? Because those are, you know, you get your best bang for your buck if you're trying to target young students. But even those people are having trouble because, you know, as you know, COVID has shut down all of these universities. So even those organizations aren't very in touch with those younger voters right now. Never, never mind the 17 to 18 year olds who are majorly, you know, coming out of high school in high school. Um, so, you know, and also, you know, none of them have voted before, so there's no voter rolls that exist. There's no way to contact them directly. So the way we've been trying to do this is actually by going across the state, calling high schools across the state, looking for politically active organizations, things like Young Democrats for America or Turning Point USA. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat. We'll reach out to your club and we'll try to onboard your people immediately to register and then to get you to volunteer because the number one people who knew, uh, who know where to find these 17 and 18 year olds are other 17 and 18 year olds. So that's been like one major push that we've been doing right now. And, and of course we've got a ton of other things, you know, we've been phone banking, text banking, all that other, you know, traditional jazz. Um, but, but this really new thing is actually going through um, all these clubs and, and finding all these organizations and social groups that they subscribe to. And then from there, onboarding them through town halls, maybe even debates. We've been having a lot of really fun virtual events that way um, and getting them to go find some of their friends. Very cool. Good thinking. And um, you, you've said in this uh, Business Insider article that I'll probably reference a couple times here that... You don't like to do text messages or run social media ads. You'd rather have face-to-face conversations with real voters, right? And um, how, I mean, you just kind of explained how you're reaching people, but how, how are you still doing the face-to-face thing, or, or have you or are you not doing that for this? Yeah, uh, just to clarify, when we're talking about face-to-face, we mean, I suppose, as, as close as you can get, right? you got Zoom to Zoom right now, maybe. Um, there's probably a better word for it, but... um. What we're doing is that we're sitting down and having these 45 minute, one hour, two hour conversations with people over Zoom. We have them, we will text them, we'll set up a call and then we'll sit down and we'll try to find what is it at their core that they believe in. Um, This is similar to what people were doing before the pandemic. Uh, It's not an idea we came up with. It's called deep canvassing. And if you're really trying to heal a divided nation, that's how you got to do it. It's not a very scalable solution. It's not something you can plug into a software, pay a few dollars and thousands of people see it. 
It's real heart-to-heart conversations that we're having with hundreds of voters who not only, of course, uh, want to get the right person elected in their eyes, right, but they also want to heal uh, a massive political division in that country. So that's obviously the, the number one thing that we've been focusing on doing. Speaking of that Business Insider article, you indicated that Students for Tomorrow is trying to flip the Senate blue. Um, is that true? Did they get that right? And how do the Trump supporters in your group feel about that? <laughs> yeah, um, well, we, we made some, um, we, 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 we sat down and we, we, we cut a deal, I suppose. But um, we're, we're going to be focusing on Democrats this cycle. I mean, just to explain, I mean, our long-term goal is to get students elected into government. Doesn't matter if they're Republican or if they're Democrat, as long as they hold student first views, we want to get them elected into government. Because, I mean, right now you look at the numbers and they're terrifying. You know, you look at the 18 to 34 year olds, they control more than 35% of the potential voting population in this country. And despite that, less than 6% of all elected officials across the board are under uh, are within that age group. So you see a, a massive underrepresentation in the ideas that they believe in the morals, the policy approaches, and government just isn't reflecting its people. And, you know, Ossoff happens to be 33. He happens to have a ton of student-first policies. So that's how we're getting everybody behind this. Because, you know, we may call them Trump supporters. It looks good in an article. But at the end of the day, they're students. And they're willing to vote over policies that are going to help students rather than voting for a party that, you know, who knows who they really support at the end of the day. Um, and that's kind of how we've been able to get away, I suppose, with <laughs> getting, getting a lot of Republicans to help win Ossoff the Senate. Yeah, I mean, policy, it, it speaks volumes. It all comes down to that. That's that's smart of you guys. And when you when you say student first, are you talking about issues like uh, climate change and uh, college tuition and stuff like that? What's, what's the big uh, topic? Yeah, uh, this is actually one of the things I'm more proud of that we do. Uh, we pull all of our donors. Um, everybody who donates, doesn't matter if it's $1 or $1 or $1,000, we ask you, what policies do you care about, right? We, we collect data on how old you are. You can, you know, it's, it's optional. But what we do is that for all those students, once we pull what, what it is that they care about, we put together in, in a collection of policies that we want to support. Of course, at the top of that list, you have things like climate change, gun control, equality, and all of its dimensions. And then you have, you know, uh, more policy-based things, right, where you have things, uh, let's say um, climate change is a really big thing. And then you have education is obviously something that, you know, across the board, pretty important. I mean, whether it be forgiving student debt, make giving a, a better public alternative, things like that. But um, what we do is that every quarter we, we pull all these people and we shift gears as necessary. So we make sure we're representing our group of donors as much as we can. What, so what are the big topics that everyone's concerned about? What do you say the, the top two or so, two or three? Top two or three, I would say number one by far, by far, by far is making education cheaper or free. And that has a lot of different facets to it, whether it be supporting politicians that will forgive student debt or people who make, you know, vocational school free. That's actually one of the one of the policies that Ossoff himself is championing that we're really trying to get behind. And then I would say number two is climate change, climate reform, investment, the things like the Green New Deal, um, investments in the clean energy. That's a massive, massive play right now. And then I'd say number three is just general social equality. And, you know, that, that can show itself uh, that space has a, has, has a thousand different phases to it. So, I mean, um, uh, all these policies uh, would kind of be under that as well. Those, are, those are all liberal-leaning uh, stances, don't you think? I, I mean, well, you, what I'm well, interested in those yeah. is if, those, if, if, if your organization is getting behind these liberal-leaning stances, how do the more conservative people in your group 
justify getting behind those ideas? Sure. I think it's important to understand that these parties, you know, red and blue, they're ever changing. You know, the colors may stay the same, but the actual makeup of the parties is very different. If you look at support for climate change across, across both parties, it's getting significantly higher as time goes on and younger and younger people are joining into the fray. So I think one of the beautiful things about our politics is that it's, you know, in general, maybe going in one certain direction, but everybody tends to agree with an idea the more you go forward into time. Uh, things like climate change, things like education, uh, taxes tend to become more and more unified the, the more that younger people tend to join the political system. So although we're supporting a lot of liberal-leaning policies in the beginning, uh, I, I would definitely see them not necessarily as liberal policies, but as policies that students care about. And there's definitely some overlap there. Yeah, I think you're right, because... Um, once the Republican party dies, hopefully, I mean, like what we'll have is a, uh, more, um, like a, a, a left and then a kind of center left. And that center left will be conservative when the political parties finally get their shit together, because in other parts of the world, the conservative party kind of acts like our democratic party, which is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think with the, what you're talking about is sort of that shift in, it's really exciting generationally to see that happen. Cause I think that's what we need is for the generational shift to happen and get these baby boomers out of our lives. Damn it. Ruining whoa, everything. Get whoa, out of our whoa. lives. Are the bad ones, the bad baby boomers. There's some good <laughs> ones. There's, there's a lot that like smoked weed in the seventies and are hippies. They're fine. I'm talking about the destructive ones like the Mitch McConnell's the baby busters. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just my opinion. Have you have you heard from uh, Georgia Democratic Senator or Senate candidate John Ossoff? Uh, hopefully, Senator John Ossoff soon, soon. I know you've had a lot of press. Has he reached out to you guys and offered support or any other candidates? No, not yet. I mean, we're working with subsidiaries uh, that are kind of loosely connected to his organization. For example, Students for Ossoff is somebody we're going to be uh, partnering with up here, and they're a fantastic group of people. They're doing some crazy work on social media. But um, as for the candidates themselves, I mean, we would love to be able to sit down, put together a town hall. We can provide the students. They provide themselves and their policies. Um, that's something we would totally love to do. But so far, we haven't gotten any, um, you know, we haven't gotten any emails, no calls yet. But, uh, I, you know, hopefully that changes. Well, I know that John is a, a big fan of this show, so we're just going to put it out there to contact Edward what? immediately. <laughs> okay that's awesome okay yeah. i guess this is a good time to, to plug i mean the website is um studentsfortomorrow.org john ossoff if you were watching let's do something this is awesome and you have 18 years edward 18 years until you're 35 and then you can become president oh i don't know about <laughs> i don't know if i trust myself enough yet but uh i don't know i think there's a lot of better people um <laughs> i don't know yeah i, I think i would vote do you want to make you want to make politics your career or is this just something that you feel a civic duty to do? I mean, like we had a, a good idea going forward and we were able to get some funding and we got a lot of media attention and a lot of people wanted to volunteer. And, you know, we really didn't, it didn't sit right with us to kind of shut everything down after, after the presidential election, given that, you know, the runoff elections were coming off, uh, coming up. So, I mean, the reason we founded this isn't because, you know, we, you know, we, we want to sit down and spend our time trying to convince people to switch parties because, you know, those aren't fantastic conversations to have. Um, it's really because we think we can make a lot of change. And I think 
as long as that's true, I'm going to be in this space. Cause I mean, you get to meet fantastic people who are really passionate and a lot of people who are actually willing to make change. And, you know, um, in my 17 years so far, I don't have too much experience in a lot of industries. Um, but among the different groups that I've seen, it seems like in politics, you have the most passionate people. Um, and I kind of, I, I, no, I really love that. So I think I'll be here for a little bit. Well, forget 17 years. You've done more in uh, one year than most people have in, uh, you know, twice as long as you've been alive. So it's more than 17 years. Yeah. Like you've done more than I have in my life. And you were born the year we graduated high school. Shut up, Chris. Come on. And you're a more accomplished man than any of us. (laughs) We're playing Call of Duty Warzone while you're changing the world. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I got four wins, son. Yeah, what? Call of Duty's awesome. <laughs> uh, Reevaluate your priorities. Oh, yeah, come Lord. on. I really get off the get off of this thing with students for tomorrow and get on Warzone. Come on. Yeah, jo- no, join just, our clan. <laughs> change your life. But, we should do like uh, that. Might actually be something fun. You could set up like a Twitch stream. You know, play some Warzone, and then you know, whenever somebody donates, it goes towards a Senate candidate or something. Yes, that would be really good. I like that. See, we need to hire you. you. Why aren't you working here? You're just grinding away, (laughs) man. Good for you. Well, uh, good luck moving forward. We appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we hope to keep in touch with you and uh, checking with you again later. I'd love to see what you're doing in a few years or if you have something going on in a year from now or whatever, you let us know. Studentsfortomorrow.org, right? Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, Edward, thanks so much for calling in. We uh, appreciate you coming on. Keep it up, Thank man. Thank you for coming yeah, in. Yeah, and keep it up. Check out keep it up, all right? <laughs> yeah, thanks, don't dude. give up. All right. Bye, guys. See it. What a great kid. Uh, I feel like a piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's yeah, it. You I, do. I just need to hit a break. <laughs> Reevaluate my life a little bit. <clears throat> the hell or what the hell yeah. the hell I'm are we sure you'll get it i'm sure you'll get it figured out in a three-minute break yeah i gotta accept jesus into your life i'll completely uh figure out my existential crisis here in two minutes yeah yeah, yeah. and um uh what the hell are we doing with our lives well Ma- making prank uh, phone calls be prepared you're gonna prepare some hello fresh here in a little bit <laughs> uh, yeah i am getting paid by hello fresh yeah so there you go <laughs> although that check it won't come for like two years but yeah. we're on it uh we'll be right back it's news to us it's news to us back here live on adobe radio special thanks to our guest and uh that was really cool students for tomorrow we had uh, edward aguilar on is that right it's it's spelled twice on here and i keep getting it two different ways and i keep getting confused aguilar right yeah. I think that's what we settled on. <laughs> he didn't correct us either way, so I guess yeah, we get to decide. He's too nice. <laughs> we get to decide what his name is. Uh, yeah, uh, just a few more shows left in 2020. That's pretty crazy. I think sometimes you got like my perspective on life has changed over. Like I feel like it's been kind of a uh, my life has been kind of weird the last couple of years, and like we think about like how 2020 has sucked and like. We can't see our family and like, but, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're one of the few fortunate people. Like, you know, none of our loved ones have been really sick or have died. Like we're very fortunate. Like we should be thankful for that. Yeah. 
you know that's like, a great you got, point you, you, got, you got to think about this like like we're all healthy yes we cannot see each other but like my family's healthy and like your families are healthy like we you like something's like that's so mundane like you you take it for granted until it's not there so i think i think we're all very lucky in regarding this is that we're all healthy that's just my yeah. take. I think you're right. And all three of us have been able to hold on to our jobs when so many other yes. people are out of work uh, in different industries than ours. Somehow us three ended up in industries that are more in demand. I don't know how the hell that happened. <clears throat> Cause usually I'm on the shit end of the stick when it comes to economic issues. I mean, yeah, we, we were lucky, but so, so 2020 does suck, but there's a lot to be grateful for. And like, you got to, you got to keep your perspective regarding it. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, that's a very healthy perspective. Thank you for that. Uh, well, I hope you, you really know take it grounding. That, yeah, I, I really like that. Really, uh, that helps me get through hard times. You know, like when I'm really stressful, I'm like, oh yeah, there could be worse things. Like, there's so many families out there right now that don't have a meal or they've lost their loved ones to coronavirus or, you know, like just be grateful for what you have now and, and don't lose sight of that. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Those are some important words there. That's a, a good note to, uh, end the show on. And, uh, knew I would be so insightful. We opened the show talking about poop and then I just <laughs> dropped some knowledge on you. Wow. Wow. That's how we end it. What a yeah. show. We have it all. We have it all. Appreciate it very much, Tim Apple. Let's talk about Fundrise real quick before we say goodbye for good. Fundrise, if you're looking to invest, maybe um, you've got a little bit of extra money. Maybe you don't know what to do with it. Why not investing with our friends at Fundrise? These guys have, since 2014, seen an average of 87 to 12.4% annual returns, and investors have earned more than $79 million in dividends alone. Uh, whether you're looking to add stable cash flow via dividends or prefer long-term growth through appreciation, Fundrise has you covered. I know, boring words, but as we get older, it's important uh think about investing or even when you're younger actually it's more important but when you have money really just do it whenever you can uh go to fundrise.com f-u-n-d-r-a-s-e.com fundrise.com slash news to us to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived that's fundrise.com slash news to us f-u-n-d-r-i-s-e.com